Legends with Bevo presents the Bevo and Biggie Show. Yes, g'day, welcome to another edition of the Bevo and Biggie Show. And tonight we're joined by another superstar of female sport. Back in the day, she was an Australian Olympian, very proudly wearing her Olympian uh, jersey there. Rachel Bug, former Olympic diver, great to have you on the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. And Biggie, as always, mate, great to have you on as well. You almost made the Olympics, but... uh, you're still a champion in, in our eyes, of course, as well. <laughs> Mate, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Me and Rachel go back a long, long, long way. She was a year above me at school, actually. So um, we know each other from all the way back in school days. And um, then we both trained at the Institute of Sport together. Uh, as obviously she was for diving and I was for weightlifting, um, except she grew up to be a superstar. And I grew up to be where I am now on the Big Ian Bevo show. <laughs> hey, mate, you did pull a plane a couple of years ago, so you got it right. Yeah, lucky the engine was turned on, right? <laughs> we still love you, Big We still love you. Rach, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on here tonight. It's actually been sort of uh, a little while since I saw you, but I did catch up with you the other night at Aerial. Um, obviously, you do aerial gymnastics and stuff like that in Acro at Seoul 365, uh, the gym in the city. What has been going on? Fill us in, what's been happening with you lately? Ah, general lowdown is just working. So in uh, March, I was actually lucky enough to get to Bali and I got a little overseas trip, but um, on return, quarantine for two weeks. A um, little bit weird, I guess, to actually have to stay in your house for two weeks. But I mean, I was pretty lucky. I've got a big house and my mum dropped me off food. So it was good. And a bit of a quiet time with no elective surgery at work. Um, I'm a rep in orthopedics. So it was a bit quiet. But then um, we are back hitting the town running with work. I think everyone's, you know, the surgeons are trying to make up for like the time they lost and, you know, patients missed out on surgery. So been busy with work and yeah, travelling to see my partner in York Peninsula and that's part Ooh, of my life. <laughs> and now let's talk about your Olympic journey, Rach. Um, obviously, there's no Tokyo 2020. It's going to be postponed for next year, which we'll talk about in a moment as well. But your journey, you had the great chance to represent your country, which so many people would have the chance to do, which would have been amazing, no doubt. But tell us more about the, uh, the, the Rachel Bug journey and, and how you became an Olympian diver. Yeah, well, you know, I look back and I just think, oh, my God, it was a whirlwind. It was so quick. But in reality, I was training 12 years um, before I made the Olympic team. So, you know, I started off in Adelaide at North Adelaide Aquatic Centre when I was a little 11-year-old diving and, um, you know, just kept training and training, mainly for the love. You know, I hated it initially and then, I don't know, fell in love with it at some point. I'm not even sure when. And, um Obviously, really glad I did. But leading up to the Olympics, I had to, um, 2010, I moved to Brisbane. That's where the Institute of Sport, AIS, was um, for diving. And so we didn't really have the facilities in Adelaide, like a dry land facility that was good enough to probably get the training in that I needed. So I moved up to Brizzy and lived up there by myself um, with no family. Um, But I luckily had really good friends and diving mates up there and trained up there for a couple of years and, you know, pushed hard and 
lots of injuries back and you know back and forth up and down in like overseas trips and international meets but yeah 2012 was you know the year I well 2011 was the year I uh, teamed up with Ludie Wiggins my synchro partner and we uh, made the team in 2012 so that was hard in itself making the team and qualifying so but yeah obviously awesome and uh yeah went to Olympics. Hey, that's absolutely amazing. You, like I said, you're an absolute superstar in diving and a superstar in Australian sport. Um, in in your career, you've obviously been to many different places, won lots of competitions. If you were to look at your back through your career and go, look, where was the the things that really stood out to you? What were your favourite moments in your sporting career? Was it Olympics? Was it World Champs? Was it what? Where where do you find your sort of your best moments were leading uh, into a, a, any competition that you've done. Was it Australian championships? What was it? What was your golden moments? Oh, I don't know if I have any really golden moments as such, but there's some things that I think really resonate with you, like after you've been to a meet. So obviously, hands down, Olympics was like the most amazing experience. Unfortunately, Lydia <laughs> and I didn't get the result we wanted, and that was, you know, something to have to deal with at the time. Um, but you know, the overall experience, being in the village, you know, seeing like all these famous people, you get a little bit starstruck and stuff. But that's that's an awesome experience. And having my family, I could take them through the village and show them where we were staying and where we got to eat. That, to me, as a general, like, I guess, idea and something that happened other than competing was just awesome to be able to do something like that. Um and just overall, I think the friends you make. So, like, I've been retired now for six years and I have friends all around the world that I still stay, and around the country that I still stay in contact with. And I think that is something really special and I don't think you appreciate till you retire and you're not training and travelling all the time. So there's things like that, travelling the world. You know, I've been to 23 countries now. Most of them were through diving. So I feel pretty lucky. And when you look Absolutely. back on your Olympics um, in 2012, right, was there sort of one athlete that sort of stood out that you got to meet where you're like, um, oh, my God, this is just amazing. Like, this is the ultimate Olympian to meet, like my idol sort of thing? In 2012, like at the Olympics, I think um, Usain Bolt was probably a pretty big highlight. Not only did I get to have a photo with him, he was around the village and very anti, like no photos of people. Everyone's like, he's here, but no one is having photos. But... I asked him for a photo and he was like, yes. And I was like, oh my gosh. So the three of us just got in a photo really quick because we were like, oh my God, he's not going to say yes to all three of us individually. And that was pretty awesome because we also um, got to watch him, got to watch him run the hundred meter like final. So that was pretty cool also to be able to do that. It was, he's yeah. a pretty amazing guy. I mean, who wouldn't want to meet meet him? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's on I mean, That is so, so cool. Hey, Bev, I'll let you know a little story here. So I was prepping for Commonwealth Games in, in Glasgow and I injured my wrist leading into Commonwealth Games trials. I put my wrist out and that was two months before Commonwealth Games trials. And I was talking to Rachel a little bit later on and she, she sent me lovingly a Two pairs of shorts from the Olympic Games and uh, two shirts from the Olympic Games that were too big to fit on her. So I've got to send out a massive amount of love. You know, like I said, I never got to compete at the Com Games. I never got to compete at the Olympics. But Rachel gave me something that was a part of the Olympics. And I've still got that stuff at home now to this very day. So uh, you know, well, I, I, I really appreciate it because it's something very special. And 
something that I wish I could have done in my career and wasn't able to due to injury and a few other little things here and there. So it's nice to have a friend like Rach who's willing to give a bit of love back to the athletes as well. So um, in regards to giving love back to athletes, you've obviously prepped for a huge amount of competitions in your life. Um, Tokyo has obviously been postponed. We don't know till when, obviously, with the global bastard going on at the moment. Um, none of us really know when the Olympics is going to be held. And I understand what it's like to prep for a competition. You obviously understand. Bevo understands what it's like to prep for a board game. Um, you know, it's one of those things where mentally it's huge. You deal with injuries, you deal with mental strain, you deal with whatever, and you prep to get to that one point, and then it gets taken away from you. What, what is something that the athletes will be going through? And have you got any advice for any up-and-coming athletes that see this um, and they have mental sort of falls and stuff like that. How did you cope with stuff like that? Or how would you cope? Oh, I like to be honest, I cannot imagine how, um, you know, potential 2020 Tokyo athletes are feeling. I mean, I think if you, I think it gives a good indication how the rest of the world has reacted to obviously COVID and the restraints we had and, you know, toilet paper went missing off the shelves because people were having mental breakdowns. So like, I mean, to put it in perspective, these people have trained potentially, yeah, like half, you know, most of their lives for, you know, 2020. And some, it would have been their first Olympics and some they were planning on retiring after. So, you know, you look at today, you know, and you think someone could be finished their career. They were meant to be finishing if it was their last Olympics and going to retire. And, you know, trying to deal with all those emotions of what, should have been and what the, you know, you plan towards dates, everything's, you know, working towards dates and everything. So for that to be taken away from you, it must be so hard. They can't even train. Some athletes are still not training in their, um, you know, training facilities. They're doing it in their lounge room at home. So the mental strain and the strength these athletes have to, you know, if they didn't have, they have to have now to get through is just unbelievable. You know, I think, the only way, if it was me, I would be just trying to tell myself that I'm not the only one in this position, that everyone else is too. And, you know, we're just got to, you know, stick it out because there will become a time where we can go back to training as normal. And, you know, it is going to be, you know, probably a fair amount of time before anything's considered normal after this. But everyone's in the same boat and it's just kind of do what you can do because, you know, those extra little things you can be doing at home can make a big difference when you get back on the world stage. Yeah, All those one percenters. Yeah. I wanted to ask you as well. Um, you mentioned before you started doing diving as an 11-year-old. Now, I have to admit I'm pretty scared of heights. And, you know, when I used to jump off the three-metre board and, uh, you know, it's pretty scary stuff. So, you know, how did, you must be super brave to not only sort of jump from those real heights, but also do flips and all sorts of different things that you used to do from those 10-metre, you know, heights, Rach. How did you manage to overcome that sort of fear, I guess? Oh, this cracks me up because when I started diving, I was scared of heights. So <laughs> I still kind of am to this day, but I think it's something you just build up to. You don't rock up to your first day and jump off 10 metre. It's like anything you you grow and you develop and you build on what you need to do. So, you know, we started down low and you work your way up. And same with like, you know, rotations and twists. You start with like little things and then you work your way up. But I mean, it's always scary learning something new, but, you know, when you, you know, do something new for the first time and you actually, it, it's successful, it pushes you to want to do more because it's such a good feeling and, you know, I thrived off it. So, um, 
I still don't like jumping off 10 meter. Um, my stomach goes. So I would still prefer to this day dive or like do one somersault off 10 meter um, because I just can't, I don't like the feeling at all, never have. Um, so that's crazy for me that to think that to this day, I would still prefer to do that. But yeah, something we just build on like any sport, I guess you just kind of build up to it until you're like prepared and ready for it. That's awesome. That's so, so good. Rach, what was your favourite trick? What was your favourite dive? What was the favourite one that you used to love to just pull out the bag and just do? I think my favourite dive, um, everything in diving is like in a, a number. So it was a, um, but five, two, five, three D, but it's back to two and a half, one and a half, two and a half rotation, one and a half twist. And I think that was my favourite dive because it was my highest degree of difficulty um, for a long time. And it, was something that I could do when I was a little bit tired and I could still, I didn't have to be like 100% to do it. It wasn't always the best when you're not feeling 100%, but it was something that I was my most comfortable dive. So I loved doing it. And I still think I could probably maybe not do it to this day, but like if I had a little bit of training, I might be able to do it again. But I like to think that, but I probably couldn't. <laughs> so, so say that one more time. It's a what? So it's back two and a half rotation. Yes. One and a half twist in the park position. So, like, straight legs to your face. Oh, my gosh. Bevo, I can picture you trying to do that. <laughs> no, and absolutely no way in the world. Just it going totally wrong. Yeah, just oh. leave, that, leave that to the experts, I think. Oh, <laughs> I'd take good money. <laughs> and, Rach, what sort of, what sort of training is involved with becoming a professional diver? Uh, well, I didn't start to become a professional diver, I guess. I did it for the fun and, you know, I had good coaches and I had good friends. So then you stay and it's more of a social thing. And then I got invited to like the Talon ID squad and, you know, it started with the early mornings. Sorry, mum and dad. Um, and <laughs> it it was just like a love for it. And it just kind of like when you're learning new dives, it was just a progression thing doing, you know, I didn't just start training 10 sessions a week. So it's just a build up from that and, you keep pushing yourself and I guess you improve and get better and then you go to bigger competitions. And so it's all just like a development and it is like hard stigma. It's hard training, you know, it's hard on your body. I still think to this day I've, you know, got some nice injuries that I'm probably going to have for life, but you know, you, it really is quite hard on your body. On 10 meter, we hit the water at 60 kilometers an hour. So you don't just do that once you do that over and over and over again in your lifetime. So the mental strength to get through that as well, you know, injuries, tiredness, sickness, and still having to train and perform is, is hard work. But, you know, I, respectfully, I think it, it's like that in a lot of sports, but diving was the one I obviously fell in love with. So, Did you, um, did you get into any coaching, Rach, after sort of, is that anything you've been interested in doing once you sort of retired or, 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 or working with the next generation? Because, I'd be interested to see who's coming through in the next generation of diving. Is there anyone? Do you think Australia's got a, a bright future ahead with diving? Um, obviously, we've had superstars like yourself. Uh, um, uh, Melissa Wu as well. Um, you know, obviously, very talented um, athletes. And uh, I, I'd be interested to know what the future holds for diving in Australia. And then, obviously, what the future holds for yourself as well. I think um, as for coaching, I, I would love to. I'd love to have my own squad and, you know, 
bring up little ones and train them, but because I have such a love for the sport, but because my job is not a nine to five or a, a shift work, it's whenever we're required and can be all over the place. Sometimes we work really late or up really early. And I just don't think that would be fair to ever um, have a squad and then not be able to commit to that. So Absolutely. I've never done coaching for that reason. Um, I have judged. I judge in South Australia when I'm available, but I do, I do love that. I do love being involved in the sport and I try to in other ways, being on athlete committees and stuff. Um, but yeah, as for coaching, you know, it's not for me in while I have this job, but you know, looking for the future, I think we have some, you know, some good talent coming through diving Australia, like as a whole national body have, um, brought in new coaches and I think they have a really good programs in each state to like for the up and coming and they have a bit like the pathways a lot better. Um, So I think we have some good kids in, you know, SA that are coming through. So yeah, hopefully we'll have some future Olympians from South Australia. Bevo, next time you go down to uh, the Marion Swimming Centre, do yourself a favour and go up to the top stairs is that there's a few there's a few little recognition names of Rachel Bug written on the Australian representative and a few other little things there. This girl's name's plastered over everything. I wouldn't be surprised if Adelaide names a street after this girl one day. Her name is planted everywhere, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but what, what what's what, what, she's just sitting there going, B, what are you doing? Um what what's next, Rach? What's next? Me and Bevo were chatting about it earlier. We wanted to know What's coming next for you? What's obviously everything in the world at the moment? We're all bit of a bit of a up in the air type thing. But what what are, what are your goals? What's moving forward for you, matey? Obviously, the lovely gentleman uh, is moving down your way. Yes. Yeah, so my partner lives on your peninsula, so hopefully he'll be moving over. Um, other than that, just you know, working hard. I, I do really love my job. It is hard at times, but I'm very passionate about it. So I think that makes life a lot easier when you love your job. Um, future, future down the track. I don't know, hopefully be a mum one day. Um, all things going well. But, yeah, just, hey. But, um, yeah, just, I don't know. Everything's really unpredictable, obviously, at the moment. I'm hanging for a vaccine so I can travel again. I miss, <laughs> um, I miss overseas travel a lot. Like, I didn't realize I guess how much I kind of relied on that and it was a bit of a luxury until you can't have it so instead I'm traveling around my own state a bit so I'm pretty excited I'm going to the bottom of York's uh, Innes National Park in the weekend and uh, coming up in the next couple of months uh, one of my friends is turning 30 and there's 22 of us going to Kangaroo Island so I'm like things I never thought I'd do in my state so I'm giving back to my community. Good on you Rach. And in terms of like a, a couple of years ago, you were involved, like big years at the moment, um, with the Fringe. Is there any sort of ambitions as well to, to go down that path again and, and you know, do, do some stuff at the Fringe or is that sort of a once-off deal? Um, no, look, I'm, it's so funny. It's, I'm so glad I did it and I, I got to perform at the Fringe. It was an awesome show and I still am a part of it and try and help out where I can. Um, the aerial gave me so much. It was hard training. Um, we were seven days a week. So that was more than when I was diving. But um, we were training in the middle of summer in 40-degree heat in, you know, the sheds. It was, it was hard work. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I retired diving for a reason. But <laughs> I loved performing. It was, it was great fun. It was very new for me um, to have, like, a stage presence as opposed to just go do what I don't know how to do and that's just dive. But, um, you know, I loved my opportunity and, 
I get along with my coach really well. And so I was really happy that, you know, I got to work with him and be able to perform at that show. But I had a fall on my head, um, my own fault um, at one of the shows. And it scared me a little and just kind of brought me back to reality that I just, you know, I don't want to do that hard work anymore. And that sounds probably lazy, but no. I've had that experience, I guess, in my life. And I've worked really hard for something. And I just went, you know, I want to, I love silks and I don't want to hate it. So now I just train for fun and, you know, have the best group of people to hang out with there. I love it. So it's, yeah, it's so nice to be able to do something I still love and not be at a, I guess, a high level. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you probably just missed it there. The big fellow was kind of doing some pointing that maybe you could do some stuff <laughs> with him in the future with the circus. <laughs> well, you know, you've got my number, Biggie. <laughs> maybe, you know, what we is funny we trained together when we were younger. Uh, again, obviously, Rachel was training for diving at the Institute here in South Australia. I was training for weightlifting. Like I said, I think the last thing Rachel wants to do is train with me again 15 years yeah. later. I think, she, I think she's uh, lifted herself up a little bit higher than that, that's for sure. Never say never. You did the hard yards in diving, matey. You, you proved yourself. You don't need to prove yourself to anyone else. And you, if you want to break and you deserve it, matey, you represent that us as a country and South Australians with just the utmost ability and, you know, we're all proud of you for what you've done over your whole career. And so, mate, you deserve to put your feet up and enjoy, uh, yeah, aerial silk just for the sake of enjoying it, mate. It's, you know, you deserve that. Thank you. <laughs> and, Rach, before we let you go, um, any advice for, you know, future drivers out there that, um, or, or gymnasts for, for that matter, perhaps? Um gymnasts come dive <laughs> um we love uh, you know people say you know oh, you steal all the gymnasts we don't steal them um but you know they have good area awareness and if you know they have so many core skills that we we like you know you need in diving so that's why we like gymnasts you know i was a gymnast before i was a diver so and i wasn't enjoying it anymore so it was nice to have that transfer into a sport that was similar but still different um i think any future advice is just ultimately enjoy life and enjoy what you do you know and hard work does pay off so make sure you're enjoying it but working hard <laughs> great advice i love it and well um biggie and i have certainly loved having you on tonight rach and um you know well done to everything you've done in your career um obviously we, we know you both or both of us know you which is you know we're very lucky and um we look forward to following your future wherever it might, might be and uh well done again in your career so far Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you guys. It's awesome. Thanks Thank so you, Mary. You've been awesome. Thanks. And we're looking forward to seeing you sometime soon. Sounds good. I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> see you, Rach. See you, Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>